church people, turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, verse 1 through 7, Lord willing, that's our text for this morning. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my job, complete my joy rather, excuse me, (laughs) complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So, I think we're in like week six or something in our study of Philippians, and I hope you're being blessed. It's sure exciting for me to do the study uh, and be prepared for it. Um, It's very exciting. And uh, before we go any further, I would just like to tell everybody, man, it's going to be okay. All right, there's, there's, a, uh, there, there's a lot of reasons right now for everybody to be stressed out and stuff like that. Well, just remember what Brother Ron said. But more than that, let's remember what the, the Word of God says, okay? God is faithful, all right? God is faithful, all right? He's got a plan. God's got a good plan. Yes, yeah, Satan's got a lot of stuff he would like to make happen, okay? But who do you belong to? Who's your master? You belong to the Most High God, all right? God's got a plan. We belong to him. We need to trust in him. So all I'm trying to do is saying, I, I know that there's, there's, a, there's endless, countless ways that we could be discouraged right now with just all the hoopla and everything that's going on. Who can we believe? Who can we trust? Uh, a lot of people are sick, so on and so forth. This whole Afghanistan debacle. I mean, fill in the blank. You know, there's a lot going on, man. Uh, these are the days that we live in. But God is faithful, Okay. So, uh, I mean, go through the Psalms, uh, encourage yourself or, or rather let God encourage you by the word of God. All right. We don't need to be fearful. We certainly don't need to be stressed out. Okay. There's people that are depending on us and God has already uh, given us the provision. God has given us everything we need so that we can stand up and trust in him and be that light to a lost and dying world. Amen. Does that make sense? Give the Lord some praise. Seriously. Um, you know, I got, I got some uh, sick people in my family. Um, you know, God is good. God is on the throne. Psalm 106, verse 1. Everybody, check this out. Read Psalm 106, verse 1. Get it into your heart. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. God is so faithful. God is good to you, and God loves you. Amen. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. You need strength this morning? Lean on God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. You need help? I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We got this word, okay? We're supposed to stay in this word and let it give us strength. Amen? So 
Now's the time to stand on God's promises. I just want to rebuke right now in the name of Jesus any discouragement or despair or hopelessness or anxiety that wants to come on this people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, anyways, I want to pray about this. Father God, thank you so much that your will is going to be done in this service, that we're going to leave here refreshed and encouraged. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you that bonds are being broken, that captives are being set free, that you are healing those that are hurt. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious, mighty name we pray. And everybody in the church said, Amen. So, we're still in our study. We're going to be in this study unless, unless God leads us in a different direction. We're going through the book of Philippians. And it's just, there's a lot of amazing stuff that's going on. Paul's in prison. And he's writing this letter of encouragement to the Philippian church. Philippian church is going through their trials and storms. Paul's certainly going through his trials and storms. But instead of Paul uh, just sitting and being in despair, he's encouraging himself by God's promises, and he's encouraging the other people that he loves as they go through a hard time. And there would appear to be some sort of... Uh, uh, some disagreements that are going on in the church in Philippi. So Paul is addressing that, um, that he, he says, man, listen, guys, we need a church that is in unity, okay? We need a church that is in unity. We need to all come together with one mission, man, to give God glory, to honor God, to serve God. It's all about him. Can I get a witness? So, yeah, give him some praise. Go ahead. Let's get excited. So the Apostle Paul in chapter 2, he starts off with this kind of question thing, but it's not really a question. What he's doing is he's inviting the Philippian believers, look back, look back on your life and see how God has been faithful to you. And that's the same for all of us. Whatever you're going through, whatever might be going on in your world right now, look back. Think and see and remember how God has been so faithful to you. Amen? That's what we got going on right here. Philippians 2 and verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Paul's saying, man, if you're better off, because you have your relationship with God, and you are, or has God been good to you? And certainly He has been good to you. Now, Philippians, remember when you, you were worshiping all these false gods, doing all this pagan rituals and all this hopeless, endless babble that wasn't leading to any peace. Remember, well, now your life has meaning. Your life has purpose. You are a servant of the Most High God. Remember all those sins that you were burdened by. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ paid for those sins. The power and the penalty of sin has been ripped away from you. You don't have to give in to that sin anymore. And Jesus paid for that sin. So you got eternal life, you know? All these wonderful, Paul's saying, look at how good God has been to you. Yeah, I know, I know you guys are going through it. I know you're being persecuted. Uh, welcome to the club. That's why those of us that want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you're going to have some storms. You're going to have some persecution. Okay? But he's saying, look, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Has God been good to you? Oh, you know he's been good to you. Amen? Can I get a witness? Um, yeah, give him some praise. Come on, get excited. For real. So look at 1 John 4 and verse 9. We want to we just kind of unwrap a little bit of this 
what Paul's saying. But what does that mean to me today? You know, well, it means this. You are loved by God. You are loved by God. God has blessed you tremendously, whether you want to realize that or not. And I know that we're thankful, but sometimes we just get our eyes on the wrong thing, man. We start looking at the world. We start looking at all these things, the bills piling up, whatever, the crazy dude on the news talking all the yibber-yabber and all that. All God's people said yibber-yabber. Let's say it real fast, yibber-yabber. You don't have to do that. But look, you are loved by God. Philippian church, you are loved by God. You know God has been good to you. 1 John 4 and verse 9. Oh, this is good. This is good. If you want to be encouraged, you can be encouraged. Amen. 1 John 4 and verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that you, so that, so that you might live through him, so that we might live through him. Isn't that wonderful? That's that great exchange, man. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ, born in a barn. Jesus Christ nailed to a tree. Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day. Jesus Christ paid for your sins. His righteousness was put on you. Amen. <laughs> and our wickedness was placed on him. God's judgment was placed on him. Does that make any sense? Okay. We do have a reason to be thankful. Amen. We do have a reason to say, you know what, God, you have been good to me. So when you ask me, or you recommend, or no, when you say I command that you do these things, okay, well, you know what? You are the boss, and you're certainly a wonderful God. You've been so good to me. Why would I not want to praise you for all eternity? Why would I not want to step out of my comfort zone and be obedient to your word, even when it doesn't make my flesh feel good to do something? Oh, God, you have been so good to me. Amen. So look at Psalm 86 and verse 15. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious. We're just unpacking just a little tiny bit of what God's love looks like. So we can see what Paul's telling the Philippian church. Hey, 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 folks, man. Has God been a blessing to you? Is your life better off? I'm not saying is your life easier, but is everything, you know, you got this blessed assurance now. You know what I mean? It's all right, Philippian church. You can, you can squash the beef. That's what the hip kids say. They say squash the beef. I don't think it has anything to do with the vegetable or the meat, but it's something about, never mind. Anyways. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, Psalm, 40, Psalm 80. We should just take five seconds to relax. Psalm 86 in verse 15. But you, O Lord, are God merciful. Aren't you glad he's merciful? But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious. So mercy is us not getting what we deserve because we've all fallen short. Okay. God is good. Philippian church, are you better off? But you, O oh Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. Grace is getting God's blessings, man. God's favor in our lives that we haven't earned, you know. So VLC, Victory Life Church, are you encouraged this morning? Has God been good to you? Thank you, Jesus. But you, O oh Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's our God. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's patient. Okay? He's holy. And we're to be holy because we're His babies. Amen? Make sense this morning, church folk?
Excuse me. I'm all right. Everybody remain calm. <coughs> I have this deep, hidden fear of like people freaking out and trying to do the Heimlich on me or something. <coughs> Amen. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, and you know there is, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, verse 2, complete my joy. Let's take my joy to the next level. Paul loves this church. He loves the Philippian church. He's reaching out to them. Okay? Complete my joy, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Like, hey, man, if God's been good to you, and you know he has, okay, if God has been a blessing to you, and you certainly know he has, then let's use that love and say, God, you know what? I appreciate you so much. You know, and the blessed Trinity is all in unity. You know what I mean? They're all in one accord. They're all on the same page. There's no arguing going on. You know what I mean? There's no bickering about anything. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, man, church people, Philippians, Stop with the griping. Stop with the bickering. Stop with the being cliquish. Stop with, you know, with, with trying to go first or, or whatever, okay? Let's, let's be a unified group, man, that exists to praise God, that exists to grow in relationship with God, that exists to give God glory. Amen. Does that make sense, church folk? Complete my joy. Being of the same mind, having the same love, complete my joy. You guys are awesome. Philippians, you guys are great. You guys are amazing. Don't stop it. Don't stop it, but let's work on this. Let's get on the same page. Let's stay on the same page because all Satan wants to drive division in that church. Satan wants to destroy that church. Satan wants everybody talking bad about the preacher. Satan wants everybody talking bad about one another. You know what I mean? And, and so Paul's addressing this issue, man. He's like, no, we can't have that going on, man. Time's short. There's a lot going on, man. We've got to be about God's business. Hey, man, look at 1 John 4 and verse 7. Beloved. And if you want to read some Bible, read uh, the letters uh, that John wrote, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Uh, 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Christians, you know, we are blessed beyond our comprehension. We, we are so blessed. We, we have the love of God in our life, which is a complete game changer. You know what I mean? So, hey, Christian folks, that should mean something to us. You know what I mean? Christians are forgiven. Christians forgive. Christians are loved by God. Christians love their brothers and sisters in Christ. See, if you go through Scripture, there's so much talk in the Word of God about unity, about loving your neighbor. Um, these are important things to God. So, you know, if it's important to God, it should be important to us, especially when he tells us, Guys, really, I want you guys to work on this. I want, I want unity in the church. I want this to be your full-time job, okay, to not have to go first or think that you're God's gift to anything, amen, but be there for one another. Can I get a witness? Yeah, give them some praise. 
Philippians 2 verse 3. So this would be the next slide, I believe. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Paul saying, you guys are blessed. You guys are so super blessed. We're all blessed. I'm in prison. I'm locked up. I can't do what I want to do, but I'm so good. The word of God, the gospel's not bound. I got an audience right here, man, that I'm ministering to. God is good. God is good. Okay. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Now, it, Paul's going to push, push the ouch button just a little bit, just apply a little bit of pressure. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Okay, Christians, we know this. It's not about us. It's not about us. Amen? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. It's not about your own empty glory. Amen? We are, we are not to live a self-centered, all-about-me life. I wrote that down, man. I didn't, because sometimes I get going and I skip over things. You know, God takes this stuff serious, man. It, it, okay, we are not to live a self-centered life. What kind of life am I supposed to live? A Christ-centered life. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's, that's a tough one. That's a full-time job. Sometimes that's a minute-by-minute thing, you know, but that's what we've been called to do. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Somehow, you know, it, it, the way we're naturally wired, we think that we're going to lose out if we put God first. We think we're going to lose out. We're going to suffer some way if we say, God, your way, not my way. No, God, God's not trying to steal your joy. God's not trying to steal your fun. God's trying to bless us and give, it that, give us that abundant life. Can I get a witness? Give him some praise. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Well, that just doesn't sound right, does it? That goes against everything that, that, that is ingrained in us. Well, guess what? We're a new creation in Christ. Amen? We're not that same person anymore. So God's not asking you to do the impossible. He's asking you to do the impossible without him. But once you imply him into the equation, I can do all things through Christ. Amen? So God says, it's not about you. Stop spending your life, you know, in your own pursuit of, of selfish ambitions. You know what I mean? Put others first. Wow, man. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, I never thought about that. It's true. This is what God asks of us. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Think about others, right? Next verse. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let's do three and four together. Do nothing. Nothing. We get that. You are smart folks. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Okay? So we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Right, Jeremiah? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. How about them apples? And this is with the understanding um, this is factual. We're going to do this. We're going to look out for our own interests. That's what we do. We're going to make sure we got food in our belly, shelter, clothing, that sort of thing. That's okay. That's what we do. But what the Apostle Paul is saying through the leading of the Holy Spirit, don't stop there. Don't just stop with what you need. Amen? Think about this. Don't just stop there. Let each of you 
not only let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't forget about those other people in your church. You know what I mean? There it is. Um, look at James 3 and verse 16. We're going to let James weigh in on this a little bit. So what we got going on here, let's be unified. Let's unify under the cross of Christ. Let's have a spirit of unity. We're all heading in the same direction with the same goal, to give God glory, to give him honor. Uh, we are his servant. It's not about you. It's not about you, okay? And let's look to others, okay? If I love God, I can love others. If I love God, I can love others. The more I love God, the more I sell out to God, the more I'm going to want to be there for others. Amen? True statement, right? So we got a little parallel action going on here with James, James 3, 16 and 17. Check this out. For where, for where jealousy and selfish ambition, we've already heard that today, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, talking about in a church body, talking about in a church, you know, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder. Is that true? Of course it's true. I wouldn't be in the Word of God. <laughs> okay, where there's selfish ambition, that is going to lead to chaos. That is going to lead to disorder. That is going to lead to quarreling and fighting and all types of confusion unless you deal with it. Can I get a witness? For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Man, that is hardcore. That is hardcore. So God says, you know what? Analyze yourself, man. Are you being selfish? Is it all about you? You know what I mean? That's not what your country can do for you, but what? Never mind. You know what I mean, right? For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse, man. So we have an obligation to let God search our hearts and reveal what is not pleasing to him, you know, and let him deal with it, man. Amen? James 3.16. Let's do 17. This is the good part. But the wisdom from above. Who wants that wisdom from above in here? Go ahead and raise your hands. Amen. Don't you need it? Hey, man, church people, if you ever needed that wisdom from above, you need it now. You know what I mean? If you ever needed that wisdom from above, you need it now. So how in the world do I get that wisdom from above, man? What I'm always talking to you guys about, man, we got we to gotta stay in the Word of God. We got to let the Word of God speak to us. That sounds cuckoo. That sounds crazy. No, man. This, this book is alive. It's active. It's sharp. It's going to tell you things that you don't like about yourself. It's going to tell you to work on some stuff, man. The book will guide you and lead you if you let it. Amen. Make sense? But the wisdom from above is, fierce, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. Now check this out. Okay. Selfish ambition, jealousy. It's all about me. Let me, you know, whatever. These are things that are not good any, in any place. They're certainly not good in a body of believers. That's, that's what Apostle Paul is, is he's addressing, man. Philippian church, you don't need this stuff. Don't let this stuff take root. Okay, so cast that stuff, cast that stuff away. Okay, 
Now check this out. This is what we're looking for, but you need wisdom. You need God's wisdom. And James also says, you know, if you need wisdom, ask him. And he ain't going to get mad at you for asking. So here we are, Christian folks, Bible-believing people. We really, we really have no reason to not have God's wisdom. Let that sink in. We really have no reason to not have God's wisdom or God's point of view on things because we have the Word of God. And he says, you have not because you ask not. So let's not be selfish. Let's not think we've got it all figured out. But let's go to God's manual for life that he has given us and let us get into it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. That sounds good. I like that. Peaceable. Be the peacemaker. Gentle open to reason, full of mercy, just like God is, right? Just like God is, full of grace and mercy. And we sure love God's grace and mercy in our life. I know I do. I'd be, I'd be nothing without it, man. You know what I mean? I'd probably be dead or in jail or one of You've heard this story, but it's really true in my life. I'm not making that up. You know, it's the truth. But God is so merciful, and God says, you can't give that mercy out. You can't be merciful to others. It's changed your life. You know what I mean? Let it completely take over. Let it be, it be. tell the truth, shame the devil, right? Okay, is everybody cool? But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Don't, don't we want to be good fruit-bearing church? Don't we want to be good fruit-bearing folks? Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Man, that's pretty hardcore, man. But James is on, James is on it, man. James is batting 100 right here. He's saying, don't be selfish, but let God work through you, man. Let people see Jesus in you. Is everybody cool? Let's go to the next slide, guys. Y'all are being good. Philippians 2, verse 5. Do you like Philippians? Philippians 2, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Very beginning of the sermon. Has God, has God been good to you? Has God blessed you? Okay then let that be a fire in your belly, man. You know, if God's been good to you, show it. If God's been good to you, be good to others. All right? It's not all about you. Okay, now Paul's doing this super cool thing. He's going back around and he's pointing back to Jesus. And that's what we all got to do, man. We all got to look to Jesus. Amen? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You got this wonderful, beautiful model to follow this wonderful amazing template to follow of how jesus was and paul's going to go uh, step by step man we're not going to get through it all today but he's going to start laying out just some not everything but just some amazing huge points man how jesus christ was that amazing servant and how he put others before him and he's like that's that's your big brother that's your template right there okay it's not all about you Let's start looking to help other people out here. Uh, amen. Can I get a witness? 
Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Most everybody in here knows that verse very well. But what's going on here is the Apostle Paul, is he is not saying, he's not saying that Jesus was not God, okay? He's, he's not saying that at all. Jesus was God. Jesus is God, okay? That makes sense? Now look, who though he was in the form of God, is God, Jesus is God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Focus on that grasped right there. Jesus being God, having all the privileges of being the king of the universe and everything that was rightfully his, didn't grasp that. I mean, he understood it, but he he let it go. He let it go. He did not lose his deity. It's very important to understand, okay? He was God down here. He was the perfect son of God down here, but it was also 100% man. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Tell me. Okay. He let go of... He, oh, let's look at it like this. Jesus Christ stepped off of heaven's throne to come down here to be a servant. To be a servant for us, man. You know what I mean? So... Paul's driving this point home, man. You know, look, God's been good to you. Look, there's your template to follow. There's never been a servant like him. You know what I mean? Washing the disciples' feet. Washing Judas's feet. You know, being there for everybody in human flesh. Can you? We can't even begin to imagine what that must have felt like to be the son of God and then to have stomach aches, to be the son of God and know what it feels like to be, be betrayed by people that love you. You know what I mean? To go through all this. Okay, Jesus knows exactly how you feel. Whatever you're going through, Jesus knows how you feel. He walked in human flesh for 33 years and a lot of that he did. So you know what? He knows exactly what, what you're feeling like right now. Amen. He just didn't give in to no temptation or no sin. Make sense? But he totally can identify with what you're going through this morning. That's the point I'm trying to make. He though, who though, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He wasn't working on being God. He was God, but he stepped off heaven's throne, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Isn't that amazing? God taking the form of a servant. Hmm? But into himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness, in the likeness of men. So Paul's just bringing it all the way back around, man. Look at what Jesus did for you, man. Look how Jesus served. Look how, how Jesus went to that cross. Look how Jesus was born in a barn. Look how Jesus went through all this and served humanity when they didn't deserve it was there for us, paid for our forgiveness when we didn't deserve it, when we act like we don't appreciate it half the time. You know what I mean? Right? Kind of? Okay. But he did himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Look with me real fast at 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. Oh, there she is. All guys people say, there she is. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like? What's God's grace look like? 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, and that's the understatement of the millennium, ain't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? We got, we got God, we got Jesus Christ, you know, doing the thing. Before the foundations of the earth were ever formed, he knew what he was going to do. He, he knew that man was going to fall. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this out. I'm, I'm going to settle this. All right. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, think about it. Stop thinking about whatever, wherever your mind's going right now. Think about this. He was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. As if you were the only person in the world ever. Think about this. He was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. So that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Well, I like the way you're talking there, man. Okay, I like that. Give me them Benjamins. Give me them dead presidents. It's not talking about that. You know what I mean? Okay. We get eternal life. Our sins are forgiven. We get to experience heaven for all eternity because Jesus gave it up for those years because our sin was placed on his back. So it ain't too much to ask when the Son of God says, love your neighbor as yourself. It ain't too much to ask when God says, you know what, love your neighbor as yourself. It's not too much to ask when the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking into the ear of Paul the Apostle, says, think about others. You know, let's try and have some unity here. Don't let, don't let your differences divide you. Don't let your differences of opinion divide you. Stand on the true, pure word of God, because that's what we need to go by. You know what I mean? And God says, be there for one another. Love one another. It ain't all about you. Amen. Because Satan wants to split churches apart. He doesn't want us to be able to do anything for the kingdom. He wants us to be a stupid little club. You know what I mean? We just hang out and go through a few songs, read a couple of scriptures, feel good about ourselves, then go and do the work thing or whatever. It's not about that, man. You know, we're here to sharpen one another. We're here to encourage one another. We're here to give God glory together, man. We have this wonderful blessing of sharing life and doing life with this group of folks, man. You know, we're all in the same goal. We're all heading in the same direction. So let's remember that. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for just blessing this group of folks, Lord. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness.